hello and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Welcome back to GTP. Oh, it's just the two of us. Just the two of us. Can make it if we try. It's, it's just the two of us on this one, guys. Man, we've had some great guests up here, though, haven't we? Man, oh, man, we had, uh, who, who, who have we had, man? I have to think. We had uh, Martha Munizzi here recently. We had Paul Crouch Jr. I mean, what in the world's going on? Brian Lemons and and and, and uh, uh, Dean Sykes last Wednesday. Wasn't that a good podcast with Brother Dean? Oh, my goodness. Sheesh. The Lord's been helping us. And so I'm excited, though, that uh, it's, it's just the two of us on this one, man. It's going to be fun. Do me a favor. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't of Greater Than Podcasts. It really helps uh, the podcast get into more ears. More people can hear it, see what we're doing. Also, too, if you're a YouTuber, if you like YouTube, you can subscribe to my YouTube at I am Elijah Merle. And I'm posting shorts up there and I'm posting some of the podcasts, the video podcasts that I've done up there. And uh, we're going to be making a bigger push with that as time progresses. All right. Now that we've got the, the pleasantries out the way, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this time this season. So thankful for this. Thank you for the listeners who've taken out time to listen today. I, th- I trust that they will receive something good uh, by your spirit. And we're excited uh, to receive from you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus name. We ask, Father, that you would be the most seen and the most heard. Uh, speak, Lord, for your servants here. Amen. All right. Second Corinthians four, second Corinthians chapter four and verse six. I'm going to preach a message. You see the title. I'm preaching a message that I preached in uh, when I was a part of a Bible study with a friend of mine named Jenna English. She used to have these Bible studies back in the day. Not that long ago. I say back in the day. It wasn't that long ago. But um, we used to do these these Bible studies. She would lead them, and she'd have me speak every now and then. She was kind enough to do so, man. Uh, I don't I don't understand why, but, but, I mean, thanks for the vote of confidence. I appreciate it. But uh, we we would do that every now and then. It was a fun time. And, and one of the, the messages that I, I preached there was uh, this message here. Of course, as you get older and you develop in the things of God, you get more insight, more light. But the title of that message is the title of this episode, The Emotions of Faith. The Emotions of Faith. Second Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 6. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure mm, in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body uh, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be made manifest in our body. Paul says here uh, about uh, we have this treasure. Where is it located now? It's in earthen vessels. 
Uh, this word uh, vessels or earthen, let me say earthen. Earthen has to do with clay pots. Cheap clay pottery. The clay pots have no value in themselves, but only had value in regard to what they contained. Well, let me say it like this. The clay pot didn't have value in and of itself. What gave it value was what it, con- what it contained or the service that it provided. There it is. What gives the clay pot its value is what it contains and the service that it provides. The vessels must be clean. These, the, the vessel that, that, that Paul is talking about here, this vessel must be clean, watch this, and emptied of self. The vessel had to be clean and emptied of self. Uh, the, the clay pot, the earthen, that's the earthen. Now let's look at the word vessels. I said uh, I put them together there, but we're separating them actually. Earthen has to do with clay pots, right? Had no value in themselves, only what they contained or the service that they provided. Now vessels. Vessels refer to a hollow vessel or a container of any material used for a specific purpose with the meaning varying depending upon the context. The vessel has to do with a hollow vessel or container of any material used for a specific purpose with the meaning varying depending upon the context. You know, this word vessel was used. It's not an accident that Paul the Apostle uses the word vessel because Jesus used the same word in connection with uh, Paul when he was then called Saul, when God called him. Jesus appeared to uh, Ananias, and this is what he said to Ananias. One of the things he said about Ananias, Acts 2 Ananias, excuse me there, Acts 9 and verse 15. But the Lord said to him, this is Ananias, the Lord speaking to Ananias, go, in other words, go and, and, and minister to, to Saul, for he is, watch this part, a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. He is a chosen vessel. That's the same word that Paul uses to say earthen and then vessels. That's the same word, vessels, right? It's the same word there, chosen vessel, same vessel that is used in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, Paul knows what he's talking about before it is Jesus himself who referred to Paul as a vessel, as a chosen vessel. Now, Paul goes on to say here, we're talking about the emotions of faith. Paul goes on to say here that we are hard pressed on every side. He's talking about emotions that he's dealing with, emotions that he feels. How how does this tie into faith? Oh, we'll see it before we get done here. We're hard pressed on every side. You can say like this, we're hard pressed in every respect. This verse expresses inward distresses, outward distresses, inward and outward distresses being squeezed. And it also has to do with wrestling. Let me give you another example in the same uh, book, second Corinthians and uh, just chapter seven and verse five, he says this for indeed, when we came to Macedonia, this is Paul talking, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Here it is outward were conflicts inside were fears. This is going on continuously. They were hard pressed. They didn't have any rest. And Paul says that this is going on. Let's go back to second Corinthians chapter four, verse eight. He says, we're hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. 
Paul in his ministry was continually crushed by pressing circumstances. Have you ever been there? Now, let me give a disclaimer. Some people who grew up word of faith aren't going to like some of the things that I say. But here's what I'm going to guarantee you. Everything that I'm going to say is in the Bible in its proper context, to the best of my ability. Obviously, nobody has perfect doctrine. We should all strive, who are ministers, we should all strive for what Paul refers to as sound doctrine. Uh, Sound doctrine has to do with good hygiene. But that's another episode. I don't have time to go into all of that. Every minister should endeavor to have sound doctrine, but you have never met a minister that has perfect doctrine. So what I'm saying is not going to be perfect, but I, I pray by the help of the Holy Spirit that it will be sound. It'll have good hygiene. You understand? Uh, man, I got to do a podcast on that to, to explain that more. But anyway, some word of faith people, that's a denomination or the camp I grew up around for those who don't know word of faith. So some, some of those people, they're not going to like what I say, but stick with me. Amen. Stick with me. Uh, we're going to be in context to the best of our ability. Like I said, it's not going to be perfect, but by the grace of God, it will be sound. Now, listen, Paul was continually crushed by pressing circumstances. Watch this, though. And yet he was continually sustained by a powerful Christ. The pressing circumstances could not uh, throw off or detour the powerful Christ on the inside of Paul. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like you were continuously being crushed? We're talking about the emotions of faith. I'm not, I, I, I'm the people all the time, they, you know, we can, you can shout hallelujah till the cows come home. You can get all excited. You can get all thrilled about things. And that's great. That's awesome. But what are you going to do when you're home on a Monday? I'm recording this on a Monday. Well, what are you going to do when you're home on a Monday? Right. What are you going to do then? (laughs) I tell you. You need to know you need to know these things. You need to know that the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest men and teachers of faith that the Bible has. Right. Dealt with emotions. I don't want you because the enemy will make you feel like you're alone. He'll try to condemn you. He'll try to see nobody knows what you're going through. Nobody's ever been pressed like you're being pressed. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just saying these are the emotions of faith. These are emotions that you deal with when in faith. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And somebody said, well, Elijah, how could you say the emotions of faith? Well, like I said, by by the time it's over, you'll understand how this is all connected with faith. We're we're dealing with this. We're pressed, uh, but, but we're continually sustained by a powerful Christ. He says that uh, we're not in despair, not distressed, right? That means we still have a plan. Ooh, no, let, me, let me say it like this. this. This means we still have a plan of overcoming our adversaries. What was that plan? We'll get to that. We still have a plan of overcoming. We're, we're not distressed. We got a plan to overcome the adversaries. But it came a point, Paul said, the outside were conflicts and inside were fears, fears. They were dealing with fear. This is Paul, (laughs) the man who wrote by the spirit of God that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. That lets you know that even though you feel emotions of fear, you don't have to yield to it. It's a part, it's part of the course. Ladies and gentlemen, I have yet to meet a person who operated in faith that didn't have to deal with the emotions of fear. 
Why? Because there's the it's the emotions of faith. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, instead of looking at these emotions as a negative thing, instead of looking at these things and allowing them to, to deter you, allowing them to take you off of the path of faith, to, to, to allow them to stop, to get you to stop walking in the path of faith, instead of doing that, we ought to look at that as, well, bless God, now is an opportune time to release my faith, to stand in faith. Instead of looking at the emotions as something to reject, I'm here to tell you, let's look at these emotions as something to embrace. I'm pausing for effect. Well, you'll understand better by and by. Let's keep reading here. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse eight. He says, we're, we're, we're perplexed, uh, but not in despair. Perplexed literally means to be without a way or a path, not knowing which way to turn, to be at wit's end. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever been there? Come on now, I'm trying to get you to relate to the Apostle Paul. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been, felt like that you were literally without a way or a path? Did you ever not know which way to turn? Have you ever been at wit's end? And I'm not talking about Adventures in Odyssey. Have you ever been there? He says we're perplexed, but not distressed. This means that we're not without help or, oh my goodness, we're not without help or adequate resources. He says we are perplexed. We don't know which way to go. Oh, but we're not without help. Listen, I'm telling you what I need to get. I need to calm down. It's been a while since it's just been the two of us, man. But I need to calm down. I'm getting excited. We're at that place of being perplexed. We don't know what to do. We don't know which way to go. We don't know the path. Watch this part, though. But we're not without help. What is Paul referring to? Jesus said in John 14, 26, but the helper. There he is. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He'll teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. And he says, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives it, do I give you. Uh, One translation says, shalom I give to you. Watch this part. Not as the world gives its greetings. Ooh, that's nasty. Now, why on earth would I say that that's nasty? Because of the simple fact that during that time, they were living in, well, in Israel, in Jerusalem, right? They were involved in these things, involved in these things, Jewish people. And what do Jewish people say to one another? Shalom. They say shalom. That's that word for peace. Jesus said to them, peace, I'm li- shalom, I'm leaving to you. Watch this part, though. And it's not just a greeting. <laughs> I love it. He said, this is mine. Pe- let, listen, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Peace is the legacy that Jesus has left to you and I. This is the legacy. Because Jesus was about to leave. This was the legacy that he left you and I. His peace. We ought to be people of peace. We ought to be individuals that walk in peace. We ought to have the peace that passes all understanding, guarding our hearts and mind through Christ Jesus because he left it for us. Peace is the legacy Christ left for you and I. That's another episode. But notice he says, as Paul says, we're perplexed. We don't know which way to go. Uh, We don't know which way to turn. We're at wit's end, but we're not distressed. We're not without help or adequate resources. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm leaving you the helper. So you're not without help. You see that? 
See, instead of these emotions, come on now, instead of these emotions making Paul feel like he's out of faith, he actually used the emotions, he actually embraced the emotions, and it turned out that he was in faith. The emotions of faith, ladies and gentlemen. Song of Philippians 1, verse 19. Paul says this, for I know, he didn't say uh, maybe, no, nah. he said, for I know that this, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me, hey, you, listen, you driving, you cutting the grass, you doing whatever, listen to me, you, you at work, listen to me, he says, I know that this, I want you to say it, if you're around people, you can't say it out loud, say it under your breath, this, ladies and gentlemen, what is the this in your life? Right. I'm going to tell you a story of something that my family walked through, uh, what, uh, just about maybe what, two years ago now, almost two years ago. I'm going to tell you something that we walked through. I'm going to tell you a this that my folks walked through and not theorizing and conjecture. I'm talking about myself. You understand my family and what I saw with my own eyes. I'm going to be a witness here in a little bit. But say that again, if you would, for me, this what is the this in your life that is causing distress? What is the this in, the, in your life that's causing you to be perplexed? I want you to hear the words of the Apostle Paul and know that it's real and it's true and it'll work for you just like it did for him because God is no respecter of persons. Philippians 1.19, for I know that this. Of course, he was in prison during this time. He was, he was experiencing extreme persecution that a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, nowadays, if you're in the United States, a lot of people won't experience to that degree. There's been persecution that's, that's risen, obviously, in the, even in the U.S., but I'm talking about extreme levels of persecution that a lot of our brothers and sisters are enduring in other countries would be more akin to what Paul was dealing with it then. That's the this. This is a part of the this he's talking about. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. How's it going to happen, Paul? Through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. He knew that it was going to turn out. He doesn't know which way to turn, but it's going to turn out. Just because you don't know which way to turn doesn't mean that the situation won't turn out. And here's how it's going to turn out. It's through prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 9, let's go back there. He says, we're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. When he says persecuted, this means aggressively chased, like a hunter pursuing a catch. It means to be zealous in persecuting. Chasing means to hunt down. We're being chased. Yes, this is going on, but we're not forsaken. We're not left in the condition of, ooh, this is what forsaken means, not left in a condition of lack. We're not left without to feel forsaken or to feel helpless in dire circumstances. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter if you don't have a man's face to smile upon you. You can still rejoice in the light of God's face shining upon you. The light of the gospel of Christ. Amen. Being, being forsaken. 
Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt persecuted? Have you ever felt like you were being chased? Have you ever felt like everyone's against you? Did you ever feel like people are actually going out of their way <laughs> to go against you? Amen. You ever felt like you were getting hunt, hunted down? <laughs> Paul said, man, I feel like this. This is the emotions I'm dealing with. This is the reality that I'm dealing with. Watch this part, but I'm not forsaken. Nah. You see what he's doing there? Instead of him uh, doing what a lot of people that go to extremes in the camp that I come from, uh, well, you know, oh, I don't have any problems. Ain't nothing going on. I'm just, y'all, yeah, they done. Nothing's happening. No, Paul's saying, nah, bro, listen, we're getting persecuted out here. They they out here. He's like, listen, man, we we, we play. I don't know which way to go, man. I got this big old, que- you know, like the, the, the old uh, comic book strip where they have the big old question mark over their head. That's how Paul felt when he was perplexed. He's like, I, I have no idea what we're going to do. But I'll tell you one thing, though, we ain't without help. We are not without adequate resources watch this he didn't he didn't he didn't use his faith to make his emotions disappear he used the emotions to get in faith good god that ain't in my notes second timothy 4 16 through 18 at my first defense no one stood with me this is when uh, Paul was being persecuted. He was a- accused of setting fire, setting the fires to Rome in the day of Nero, when Nero actually set fire to Rome. And uh, this is him on trial. He said, at my first offense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood with me. Come on now. And strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. Oh, this is a beautiful thing for you and I to be saying over ourselves: The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. That's a powerful confession. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. He says, I was also delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Ladies and gentlemen, back in those days, literally what Nero and different ones would do uh, in the great Colosseums of old in Rome, they would take the Christians and they would take them into this Colosseum. Uh, This is basically the television of the day. This is the This is that M.A. mature adult stuff, right, that you could watch live and in person. You didn't have TV back then. So you could watch uh, an actual person be actually (laughs) mauled and actually eaten by a lion. And so Paul, when Paul says God delivered him out of the mouth of the lion, I believe that's a double. I believe that that has to do with Satan because he, he roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I also believe he talk about a literal lion. God delivered him out of the mouth of the lion. Some some people believe that, uh, you know, we don't have, let me put my tablet down here. We don't have enough to say that this actually is the case. But some people believe, I'm just going to say it because it's interesting. It's an interesting thought. Some people believe that Paul literally was sent into a place with lions in that Colosseum that I referred to earlier, and the lions wouldn't eat him which sounds similar to what happened with Daniel. Now, we don't have, I have Daniel, right, in Scripture. So I'm like, yeah, I believe that. I I see it here in Scripture. But I don't have the actual account, other than what Paul says here, that God delivered him out of the mouth of the lion. 
So, I, but you know, I, like I said, I don't know if that's actually the case. It's just an interesting thought. But here's the here's what we do know: He got delivered. God got him out. Here's what we do know: All forsook him, but the Lord still stood with him. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what it feels like. I don't care if you feel like you're forsaken. You're all alone. God is with you. Stay with him. (laughs) And he is faithful to stay with you. Watch what Jesus said. And Paul quotes it actually in Hebrews 13. If if Paul wrote Hebrews, we we believe that he did. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Let your your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, here it is, the Lord is my helper. Mm. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is your helper. You're not alone. Yes, there are emotions you're dealing with, but here's what I'm saying. Don't, Don't neglect those emotions. Use those emotions to step in faith. That's what Paul did. Man, I'm perplexed. Oh, my. I'm, I'm I'm struck down, but I ain't destroyed. <laughs> Come on. Do you see what he's doing? He instead of him trying to make the emotions vanish, you know, by by quote unquote faith, you know, I'm just a, I'm a faith man. Bless God. He said, nah, man, I, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling these things. But I tell you what I'm gonna do. This is what I feel. Watch this. And this is what I know. Ladies and gentlemen, he used the emotions to get in faith. He didn't use his faith to get rid of the emotions. Second Corinthians four, verse nine, we're persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. The passion translation, which is a paraphrase. I I enjoy it. Nonetheless, it's a paraphrase though. That's for sure. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. Struck down literally means casting, uh, to, to throw or cast, being struck with enough force to knock one down to the ground by the force of a weapon. But we are not destroyed. That is eternally damned. There are people throwing stuff at us. <laughs> we're being struck. We're being knocked down to the ground, but we're not destroyed. <laughs> we're, not, uh, we're not eternally damned because Jesus said, don't be afraid of the ones who could kill the body. I tell you what, I, that's a that's something that a lot of us have. You know, we hadn't got to that place yet because of the privileges that we have. Thank God for those privileges that we have, and we must do what we can uh, to make sure that those privileges stay the way that they are. Amen. Um, but we don't we don't understand. We don't we don't fully see uh, what Paul means by that. What Jesus meant when he said, "Don't be afraid of the one that can kill the body." We hadn't tapped into that yet. Somebody said that. I don't want to tap into it, bless God. Yeah, I heard you. I heard you. Watch what happened to Paul here in Acts chapter 14, verse 19 through 20. The Jews from Antioch and Acoam came came there and having pursued, excuse me, persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul. Paul said he was struck down. This is literally, that means to cast or to throw something. That with enough force to knock one down to the ground by the force of a weapon. So this is what's happening right here. Paul's be wouldn't you say that a rock could be used as a weapon? Well, yes. <laughs> and I think Paul would say, yeah, it can be. It can be an effective weapon. They stoned Paul 
and they dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up. Ladies and gentlemen, that word rose up in the Greek. You can look it up for yourself. It's the same word that's used for Jesus being raised from the dead. I believe that Paul was dead, but the disciples came and gathered around him. It doesn't tell us what they said, man. I, I, man I, 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 it's one of those moments where like, ah, I wish we knew what they said or what they did. But we, we do know what they did, actually. We just don't know what they said. They gathered around him. What did Jesus say? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst. And we see something that happened in Jesus's life and ministry happen in their midst after they gathered together. And he went into the city and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Debir. Now, go, Paul was, here's, here's what you got to realize. Paul was literally knocked down. <laughs> But in essence, he wasn't knocked out. I want to deal with something here. Man, oh, man, how much time? Oh, my goodness, 28 minutes in. What, 29 minutes? Golly. Uh, let's see here. I, for time's sake, you know, Psalms 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of some of them. No, that's not what he says. The Lord delivers them out of all of them. Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians, I'm just going to uh, reference it. You can look it up for yourself. 2 Corinthians uh, 1 and verse, um, oh, long about verse uh, 9 or so. He says that uh, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Actually, this is where Paul felt suicidal. <laughs> you read it for yourself. That we, This happened so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver in whom we trust that he will still deliver. Here's another good thing to have in mind. God does deliver. <laughs> he still delivers and he will yet deliver. Also helping together. You also helping together with us in prayer. Notice prayer is important here. Prayer is important when dealing with these emotions. That thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf. The Lord delivers us out of all of them, all of the stresses, all of the evil, all of the, the persecution. The Lord delivers us out of it all. Jesus said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all. Jesus said also in another place, in John, he said, uh, in this world you'll have tribulations, but be of good cheer. What, why? I've already overcome the world. Nahum, this is a place where your, your pages are stuck together. Nahum, uh, uh, Nahum chapter one, verse seven says this, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. I'm gonna read it again. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. Remember earlier, I told you I was gonna tell you a story. Well, here we go. Long about, I think it was 2021, Christmas, around Christmas of 2021, uh, my, uh, <clears throat> my, my mother and myself, we went to see uh, some family. And before we left, uh, my dad had been, you know, coughing and different things of that nature. And we didn't really think anything of it, you know, and, and uh, we, we, we left and, and went on. And then, you know, when we came back, we noticed that... Um, Dad wasn't feeling any better. Uh, he was actually getting worse. And uh, it got to a point where he got a little worse. 
And then he got worse. <laughs> and it got to a point where he was in bed and he stayed in bed. And now you'd have to know my dad. My dad don't, he, listen, my dad doesn't stay in bed. All right. He enjoys sleeping, <laughs> but he doesn't stay in bed. You know, he, 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 he's a worker, you know, he, he, he's a, he is one of the hardest workers that I, that I know personally, like that, that man can and will work. And so this was off putting, this wasn't his personality at all. And so it got to a point where dad, he was sounding really, really bad. We were like, what's going on? And then the thought hit us, COVID. And we were like, oh my gosh. And so we, it got to a point, dad was so weak, he could hardly move. We had to get him, load him up in the car because my mom's like, listen, you are not going to die in this bed because mom was trying to do what she could for. Nobody likes going to the doctor if you don't have to. Right. So we, you know, they, we, we were letting it play out. But it got to a point because my mom knows my dad better than anybody else in the, in the world. Right. And so it got to that point where she knew that he was at a place where it was like, oh, no, no, no. She saw something that was like, nope, we have got to go to the hospital. And so they did. Went to the hospital. They ran a scan. They called us on the phone and told us it's really bad. It's real, real bad. Uh, he's got COVID pneumonia. His lungs are all filled with that stuff. It's really, really bad. Ladies and gentlemen, they weren't, let me just say it like this. They weren't sugarcoating anything. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a day of trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, when, when me and my mom got off that phone, what happened? We had to deal with emotions. The emotions of faith. And I'm trying not to cry, but we, we had to deal with emotions. And I remember getting off the phone with, with mom and, and we called, um, we called um, my dad's sister. And um, she, man, I tell you what, she, she was emotional as well. And because, um, you know, there had been death in, in the family not too long ago. And, and, and so that plays a part in it. You're feeling all kinds of things. But ladies and gentlemen, one of the verses that the Lord brought to my heart with force was this verse I just read in, in Nahum, chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord is good. He is a stronghold, watch this part, in the day of trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, the day of trouble comes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hate to tell you, it's just how it works. <laughs> it comes. But we have a promise that our Lord is good and a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. Ladies and gentlemen, we must trust in him. You know, another verse I use, well, the verse that I read earlier in Philippians 1, 19 was another verse I use. I know that this, ooh, the this in that situation was my dad walking through COVID pneumonia. So I know that this will turn out for our deliverance. How's it going to happen? Through prayer and the supply of the spirit. Notice when what, what ended up happening was over a period of time, he went and, and in the hospital and, and, and had to go through certain things and, and uh, lost weight and all that kind of stuff, man. It was, uh, it was something, you know, every night my mom and I would pray and uh, we would just pray prayers of Thanksgiving. We would listen to testimonies of people who had come out uh, of COVID and lived through it. 
Amen. Because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Testimony has to do in the in the uh, Old Testament in Hebrew. Or some of that word for testimony has to do with do it again. Uh, it's saying do it again. So in essence, when you hear a testimony, instead of you uh, saying like, why, well, why not me? When's my time going to come? Why don't you rejoice over that testimony and say, God, do it again. <clears throat> and so we're walking through all this. We're doing all this. And then, ladies and gentlemen, it comes to that time where dad's out of the hospital, completely healed, completely whole, went back to work. And I tell you what, it's like it never happened. There was one thing that tried to linger a little bit from that time of COVID, but God brought him out of it. He's doing great today. Amen. Why do I bring that up? My mom and myself, my older brother, we had to deal with emotions. My older brother wasn't here, you know. He he didn't he doesn't live in in, in uh, Missouri, so there was emotions we had to deal with. It's the emotions of faith. Let's go back to Second Corinthians four and start wrapping this up. Second Corinthians four and verse seven. But I want you to know that too, though the Lord is good and He'll be a stronghold in your day of trouble. It comes. You can't prophesy it away. It comes, and that's why God said that I'll be the stronghold during that. That's what I'm saying. Don't don't try to use your faith to shoo away the day of trouble. <laughs> use the day of trouble to release your faith. Second Corinthians four and verse seven says this, but we have this treasure. Where is it? <clears throat> Excuse me there. It's in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power, the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You know, uh, I think Paul was thinking about Judges chapter 7 and verse 16 when he wrote that. Let me read that to you. It's about Gideon. Then he divided, Gideon, divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand. Watch this. With empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. Skip down to verse 19. Gideon and the, and the 300 men who were with him came to the outposts of the camp at the beginning of the middle of the watch just as they had posted the watch and they blew the trumpets and broke the pictures that were in their hands. I believe Paul had this in mind when he wrote uh, what he wrote in second Corinthians four, verse seven. Uh, what happened there with Gideon? What does that, what does that show us? <laughs> the lesson is just in Gideon's case, the light only shone. Remember Paul said that this light would show in our hearts, right? The light only shone in the case of Gideon when the pictures were broken. So it is in connection with the gospel. Only when human instruments are broken and yielded to the Lord can the gospel shine forth through us in all of its majesty and magnificence. You and I, ladies and gentlemen, has to get to that place of being broken. Now, does God do the breaking? Now, listen, I'm not saying we're broken people. I'm not saying, no, Paul's saying we're being crushed. Oh, my. let me go back to it. <laughs> Paul says we're being crushed out here. We're hard pressed. But what did he say? We're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're, we're hard pressed, but we're not crushed. There's going to be times of hard pressure. There's how do I help me say this, Lord, man, oh, man. Well, let me read. Let me keep reading. Uh, Second Corinthians uh, four and nine through eleven. 
persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life may be manifested in our body. We're carrying in the body the dying so that the life can be made manifest in the body. Godly, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life See, we're not just being delivered to death, so and that's it. No, the, the time of pressure, the time of, of where the enemy is trying to crush us, what the enemy doesn't realize is if you try to crush us, that light's going to manifest. If you try to bring death, the life. You see what I'm trying to say? And like I said, this isn't a lot of people aren't going to like this. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> well, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 through 10 says this uh paul was praying about the thorn we're gonna have to talk about paul's thorn i don't think we've talked about that on the podcast yet we'll have to talk about what paul's thorn was and and he was talking and he said and and he asked uh, god i think it was three times to take it away and then jesus answered and said to him my grace is sufficient for you watch this part here it is for my strength is made perfect in weakness Paul goes on to say, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. Here's what here's what I'm saying. Paul didn't say I'm going to use my faith to get rid of the infirmity. No, 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 no. I'm going to I'm going to use the infirmity, golly, to release my faith. He says, I will boast in my infirmities, not just so that I can be sick and, and, and not just so I can be uh, defeated, right? But I boast in it, golly, that the power of Christ might rest on me. Come on now. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, that's when I'm strong. Paul's saying, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to neglect. I'm not going to try to ignore these things that are going on. Matter of fact, I'm going to embrace them because when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. I want to read 2 Corinthians 4, 7 one more time, and then I'm going to read another verse to connect this with faith, and then we're done. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, this is the Weiss translation, but we have this treasure, the reflection of the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ in earthenware containers in order that the super excellency of the power might be from God as a source and not from, ladies and gentlemen, do you see what, do you see this? Come on. When the enemy tries to crush you, it's just like what happened with Gideon. It's when they threw down the vessel that the light shined through. It's when the enemy comes against you to destroy you, uh, to, 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 to take you, to, to um, distract you, whatever. Just throw in whatever word you want to put there. That's when the glory can manifest. I want to connect this with faith. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, aren't we? Read verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. It's the emotions of faith. <laughs> it's all connected. Oh man, ladies and gentlemen, don't 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 bury your head in the sand. You're dealing with things. You're dealing with stuff. It's it's okay. Here's what we know: the Lord is good, and he he will be a stronghold in the day of trouble. Don't try to ignore your emotions. 
Use the emotions to get you back in faith. Find yourself in the Psalms. That's what David did in the Psalms. He was a perfect example of that. And that's who, isn't that, isn't it all connected? I didn't even realize that until I just said that. And that's who said we have the same spirit of faith. That's who said I believed and therefore have I spoken. It was David who said that. A man who had and dealt with emotions. <laughs> I tell you what, God is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. Amen. Well, let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for this time, this season. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to bury our head in the sand. That we can attack what's attacked us in faith. We don't have to use our faith to get rid of the emotions, but we will master our emotions to get us back into faith and staying in faith. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast with someone that you believe it'll be a blessing to. My name's Elijah Merle. Don't ever forget this now. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at merleministries.com.